you and I both know that we're called to create more than just a business. Being an entrepreneur means we are the forerunners in innovation, problem solving, and serving our fellow human beings at the highest level. But in a world that is sick of being sold to, how do we get our products and our services out there and still remain profitable? Join me on my journey to help servant-hearted entrepreneurs with a message, grow their influence, profit, and freedom. I'm Danny Gupat, and this is the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome to the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Danny Gupat, and I'm excited to introduce you to our today's guest, Danica Pierce from Elevate with Danica. Welcome here. Hey, Danny. How you doing? I am cold. <laughs> It is like minus 23 here, guys. And that's in Celsius. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. Like 40? I don't know, 20? I have no idea. It's it, it, it takes too much math for me to convert it in my head, so I never bother. I'm just like, it's cold. Danica's a fellow Canadian, so, you know, right off the bat, we're really nice people, just letting you know. Yep. And um, we're actually from the same area of Canada. So Yeah, that's crazy. It is really cool. She's like a couple hours... I don't know what, what? West. No, sorry, no, east? east, east, east. I was east. like, I'm looking at the map in my head a couple hours east. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's funny. Like as an entrepreneur, it's so like, it seems to be so like, even though it's like a global community, it seems to be so like American centric, like particularly like the East coast. So it's like, whenever you meet someone who's either like on the West coast or someone who's Canadian, you both are like, wow. Like you just instantly become like best friends because it's just so rare. It's funny because a couple weeks, a uh, couple weeks ago, I was uh, recording a podcast with um, Tessa from the Vine Dresser, and I assumed I said right away, "So, what state are you in?" And she's like, "She's from the Netherlands, living in New Zealand," and I was like, "Oh my goodness." as a Canadian, that's like the worst thing, you know, that yeah. happens all the time. Like, where are you from in the States? And I'm like, I'm Canadian. I'm not from any state. Right. Mm -hmm. so, uh. Yeah. It's so funny when like both of you assume you're American and then neither of you are American and you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Well, so before we get started, I want to tell you a bit um, more about Denica. She is a coach, a podcaster, hype woman, lover of the outdoors, red wine. Yes, me too. And Jesus. Yes, me too. That's awesome. We're best friends. We have so much <laughs> common. Her mission is to help women defeat burnout and self-sabotage so they can live fully and abundantly in their purpose. Wow. You so nailed it. That, I know. I'm, I'm just that good. I can like read your mind almost, right? <laughs> so I, I like to start off the podcast just asking everyone, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and this journey becoming an entrepreneur. You're muted. Just got to unmute myself there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my background is in communication design. So that basically is like the sweet spot between marketing and graphic design. My, my husband and I, that's actually where we met. And we like to joke that we have degrees in propaganda because that's, that's basically what we learned. So my like early, early career, I guess you can call it, was I started out doing like graphic design, working at agencies and stuff. And I realized that like making logos is just so boring. Like I just, I did not like it at all. And 
I'm sorry, there's like a cat scratching its claws on a tree outside my window and I just got so distracted because it's adorable. Aww. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so I started off doing logos and stuff like that, realized it was super boring. I hated it. And so I switched to marketing because it seemed so much more exciting. You get to talk to so many people, you get to, you know, meet all of these really cool like executives and just like this overall ceiling is a lot higher in terms of the job potential, the income potential, right? And so I switched there. And before long, I had like the corner office, like floor to ceiling windows, like the, you know, my like dream marketing job. And after a few months, I was just like, wow, this is actually really boring. <laughs> like I kept getting back to the, into that cycle of getting a job, loving it. And then I would just like learn everything that, that they're like, I would basically like milk the job for all it was worth and then get bored and then quit and then go to a new job. Only this time I was like, you know what? Like, I just, I can't stand the thought of getting another job. Like having someone else tell me what to do all day long, being accountable for things that I couldn't care less about. Right. It's just like that, that whole lifestyle just didn't appeal to me anymore. And so I started looking up different ways that I could start a business. And I came across course creation at first. And then of course, course creation and coaching very heavily overlap. And so that's, I very quickly found like the coach, the coaching niche. And I was like, are you telling me that I can get paid to teach people what I know, work online, make my own hours? Like, okay. Right. It was like, literally seemed like my dream career. And so I quit my job went all in to start my coaching business. And it was actually a really huge struggle at first because I, my, like my logic was like, oh, well, my background's in marketing and sales and branding and all of that. And so I'll start off doing like, I'll be a business coach. I'll be a branding coach. And, you know, I had all the know-how, all the expertise, but you know, like it, my heart really just wasn't in it. Like writing content was such a struggle, like talking, like getting on sales calls was such a struggle. Like I hated telling people, if you, if you do what I say, then you'll get clients. Like I just, it just made me nauseous. Like I hated it. I didn't want to be responsible for any of that, but I kept doing it because I felt like I, that was the only option available to me because of my education and my experience. And like I, I did manage to land some clients. And like, I noticed that as I, as I was working with him, maybe like 10% of what we worked on would be like the strategy side of it. And most of what we worked on would be like their confidence and their mindset and understanding what beliefs are holding them back or how, you know, how they're sabotaging their success, even though they're so, like they're, they're fully capable, right? Like, of course they do often require, you know, to expand their skill sets and learn new things, which is what I was there to teach them. But 99% of what I was doing was just holding space for them to really figure out who it was, like who they were and what it was that they actually wanted. And there was always this moment that my clients would have, like usually like two to three months in, into working together, there was always this like aha moment where they were like, I need to do everything differently. And they would just have this huge pivot in their business and in their mindset. And like, they were really being honest with, with themselves about what it was that they actually wanted to do and how they wanted to do it and what they felt their purpose was. And as soon as they would make that shift, like everything would change for them. They started calling in clients, they started making more money and they started really being able to implement the steps that I would give them earlier 
but they had struggled so much harder to implement back then. And that's really when it clicked for me that that was what I was called to do, not to give people like the marketing strategy, right? Like what, what I was doing was I was, I was focusing so much on like the marketing strategy and the business strategy, and then supplementing it with like the mindset work and, you know, the actual like coaching side of it. When in reality, I should have been, I should have been flipping it. And then as soon as I really embraced that pivot, right, I started coaching a lot more about having an abundant mindset and being more confident as an entrepreneur and really stepping into that CEO mindset, like taking charge of your thoughts and your mindset and all of that. And then supplementing that with my marketing expertise in order to help them, like in order to help them support who it was that they wanted to be. That was really when everything changed for me and my business really started to take off. And it was just such a cool journey. I just, I just love talking about it because it makes me so excited to, you know, tell other people that, you know, making that big, scary change is going to open up everything for you, even though it seems like it'll be the complete opposite. So when, when you um, embraced that in your business, how, how did it make you feel? Because you, you shared the story before it was like, you're bored and you want to give up and you want to move on to the next thing. So how, after that pivot for yourself personally, how did it make you feel? Well, at first it was really scary. Um, and I'll be honest, like back then, like I wasn't really, like I had kind of fallen out of line with my relationship with God. Like I grew up in the church, but I moved out at 18. I was like, I don't need any of that. Like, I'm going to find my own way, you know, like as is what typically happens when you're young and angsty and you want to make your own way in the world. Right. Um, and then I went, you know, did my four years of school, did like two to three years in the corporate world, came back, um, um, you know, became an entrepreneur, started my business. And then um, kind of, I kind of started to fall in line with the whole like, um, like new age spirituality culture that's really, really prominent in, in the coaching industry. And I even hired coaches that would, you know, they taught me things like manifestation and things like that. And I was super into it because I was like, I feel like my soul is really craving that spiritual connection, but I wasn't quite in a place where I was ready to reconnect with my roots of, you know, connecting with God and like what that really meant. And I had kind of fooled myself into thinking like, oh, like I am connecting with God, you know, cause they call God like source and like all sorts of things. Right. And so at first, when I start, when I embrace this whole like mindset coaching, life coaching side of me, I really started talking about like, you know, being in line with the universe and matching the vibrations of what it is that you really want. And like, I like, I promoted that so hard. And there's a lot of that aspect that is, or there's a, a lot of that mindset can be super helpful and encourages you to have a positive mindset and encourages like it encourages gratitude and encourages aligned action but that whole culture it's like it's more than the sum of its parts right there's a whole another aspect to it that's very that's extremely dangerous that i that i wasn't aware of until i like pretty much until this whole like covid thing hit and i was really forced to come back to my roots and to lean more on lean more on God and like because I just wasn't finding that peace or that comfort and what I what I had been seeking out before and then once I really start to understand like the trap that I had led myself into 
I started to really like even find more and more alignment in terms of what it is that I wanted to talk about and what, where, like what, what values I stood for. And once I was really to like, like I made that, that initial pivot. Right. And it felt amazing. It was so good. It, but it was also really scary. But then once I finally like made it that last 10% to like who I truly was and what I valued, it was like the whole world just unlocked for me. And it was just like the, like the biggest moment of like peace that I had ever felt. And it was just like, the only word that I can use to describe it was, it was just so incredibly liberating, really like unlocking what like true alignment really felt like it, like, it was just incredible. That's a powerful story. And I think like often we think in entrepreneurship or having a business that we need to have like all together and figured out. And then we like stick, you know, that's what we, that's what we preach. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we don't really deter. Intuitiveness. Yeah, exactly. And I love what you're saying. It's like, you know, you, you pivoted, you, you changed. There was transformation in your life and that reflected in your business as well. And maybe Mm -hmm. it was scary, but you know, you, you ran with it and now you have this like powerful story to tell. So that's really uh, encouraging. It's really cool to see. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you're, you help women overcome self-sabotage. And I was, as I was looking at this word, I was thinking, you know, I'm pretty sure that we all have some form of self-sabotage in our life, but we don't actually realize that we're doing it. We wouldn't like call it self-sabotage. We don't even realize that we're actually victims of ourselves. Like you gave that example in your coaching clients, right? They didn't really realize that most of that work was on mindset later on. And I'm wondering if you could share like a few examples of um, how self-sabotage looks maybe in our personal lives and our businesses. How can that, how does that manifest? How have you seen that? So I'll just give a little bit of background of why we end up stuck in these like self-sabotaging patterns and like 99% of the time, like you're totally right. We don't even realize they're happening until we experience the consequences of those patterns. Um, And for example, like, let's say you're an entrepreneur, like you have a couple years experience, you know, you're, let's say you're a coach and you love doing like one-on-one coaching programs and you keep finding yourself putting out these like these programs that are good, like they help people, you don't really have a whole lot of trouble getting clients into them. But then over time, you find that they're just like more and more difficult to get clients into, like your heart's not really in it. Um, You just you're not really passionate about what you're putting out anymore. It just doesn't really feel aligned. But you keep putting out these programs, or you you create, you keep writing content about that topic, Like, like, using myself as an example, like I kept putting out like, content about how to get more clients on social media, how to find your ideal client, how to get over objections on a sales call or, you know, booking program or like creating programs about booking out clients and meeting 10K months. And, you know, you know, all of these like very like business strategy oriented goals that I was extremely qualified to help people do, right? Like that was definitely within my like area of expertise, but yet I was constantly like, putting myself in positions where I felt totally miserable or I just like I didn't even really realize that I was tripping over my own two feet because of this belief that I didn't think that people would pay me 
if I didn't teach business or I didn't believe that I was knowledgeable enough to teach anything other than business because it's like I'm not I'm not like a counselor like back then I didn't have any certifications like I I have certifications now but back then I didn't have any and I was like well how's it like no one's going to trust me or no one's going to pay me like I'm not good enough that was kind of the thoughts that were, were running through my head only I had never really analyzed those thoughts because I was really just denying that that that, that whole part of me even existed but despite the fact that I didn't know that those beliefs existed, they were still manifesting through my behaviors, right? I was still creating these programs that didn't align with me and that would flop, right? Or I would just write content that I just hated. Like I would spend like hours and hours and hours every day forcing myself to write this content where it's like, it just never sounded right. And I was just so, I was just, I was just making myself miserable. And then it, that would manifest in things like downing a bottle of wine on a Wednesday night or just these really like self-destructive habits. Like I was chronically stressed out. I wasn't eating well. I, um, you know, wasn't really taking care of my mind or my body just because I had put myself in that state. And what I hadn't realized is that it all stemmed from this belief that I wasn't good enough to do what I actually desired or that I wasn't worthy of doing what, what I actually desired. And so what I have, what I have like developed is this, framework, I, I guess you can call it, of helping women defeat self-sabotaging tendencies by first figuring out what is the belief that's causing this behavioral pattern. And from what I've seen, that's the step that most people miss, which is why they so often struggle with self-sabotage, most of the time not even realizing that why they're struggling with it, why all of a sudden you find yourself, um, you know, watching your own stories on Instagram instead of tackling your to-do list or your, your like snoozing an extra 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes a day, instead of getting up excited to do your work, right? Like all of these, all of these behaviors that put you in places where you're miserable, you're stressed out, you're, you're anxious, all of these things, because you don't know about what, what that belief that is that's causing it. And so when you try to change your behavior, what happens is you're starting from the end. You're not starting at the root cause. And so when you're trying to change your behavior, let's say you, you're like, okay, like I'm going to block out my time. I'm going to start, um, I'm going to start uh, scheduling out my content. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing this. But that belief that's causing those behaviors is still there, right? Because, and you try and change those actions. But what you don't know is that your actions are always going to match your beliefs, right? That connection is still there. So you try to change your actions and it works for a little while, like depending on how, how motivated you are, how, how disciplined you are, right? Like you, you can manage that for quite a while, but inevitably you end up quote unquote self-sabotaging yourself, which means that you, you look up and you realize you're right back in, in that same behavioral pattern and you didn't, don't even realize how you got there. And then that's where we get into this, this like shame spiral. It's like we really kind of shame ourselves and we feel so discouraged and that just reinforces that behavior or and that belief of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of this because clearly I'm not capable of doing it but what we don't know is that we're really we're focusing on the wrong side of it is the biggest thing mm -hmm. so it sounds to me like out of your pain and your own personal frustration and transformation you have crafted 
something that you are now helping other people with, which I think is so redemptive and glorifying and beautiful. Like we see that, like, I'm just thinking biblically right now, how God uses, you know, this broken, the situation and uses it to create, you know, something new and something beautiful. So I'm wondering, could you tell us a little bit about the self-elevation method that you've been, how, how do you use it in coaching? Are there, are there steps? Maybe you can, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So there are like, so there's this whole process that I go over in a journal that I, I give out for free. It's called the self-elevation journal. So basically you, um, you become aware of the beliefs and the behaviors that are keeping you stuck. Right. And then you, right. Because you can't do anything if you don't have the awareness of what that initial pattern is. So for, okay. So first you have, you're aware of that pattern and then you figure out, okay, like what is my best self? Like who, like, who am I created to be? What am I destined to be? Like, what is my purpose? Like, and who do I have to be to fulfill that purpose? And what does that person believe? So just to give a simple example, your, um, your belief might be like, I'm not good enough to do this, right? Versus your ideal self would believe like, I'm obviously qualified to do this, right? There's like, very there's like a binary there but of what you currently believe self would believe so understanding what those two things are is the foundation of this whole process mm-hmm. so the third step would be to set an intention set an intention to change that belief and to take full responsibility for that one belief so of course there's usually a whole multitude of different beliefs that you're struggling with that are causing these behaviors. But what I recommend is that you focus on just one at a time, because otherwise you're just going to get completely overwhelmed and you're not going to end up doing anything. So just focusing on that one belief. So again, for example, I'm not worthy. And then taking full responsibility for it and setting the intention to change that one belief. So just really like this step is so important because without it, you're just you're kind of like throwing darts in the dark, right? You're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it's going to be great. And then of course it's not great because you don't have an intention and you don't have that clarity and that focus. So when you decide like, okay, I'm going to change this one belief of I'm not worthy and I'm going to take full responsibility for why I have this belief, how it once served me and why I'm going to release it, right? So just really understanding that at like, a really deep level is going to be so important for the next part of the process, which is practicing changing your thoughts and behaviors to match that new belief. And this is where the self-elevation method really comes into play. It's a three-part process that I work my clients through. So it starts off with transforming your mind. So uh, mastering your thought patterns and your self-talk. So what this means is really taking control, like taking captive every thought, right? So I, I forget which verse that is, but it's one that I definitely rely on a lot. It's like taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Christ. Like what, like what, how are my thoughts Christ? Like how, how are my thoughts aligning with what God wants for me and for my life and for my purpose, right? Because how are you supposed to fulfill your purpose when you're walking around thinking, oh, I'm not worthy of success, right? Like that's obviously not very defining of who you're designed to be. So 
So really mastering how you're thinking about yourself and how you're talking to yourself, right? You really just got to be like gassing yourself up constantly, right? So like thinking about like, how would, how would God be egging you on, right? And just really taking on that role of doing that to yourself. And then the second step is finding your voice. So speaking your truth and honoring your boundaries. So really being honest with yourself and with other people about what you desire and like what your boundaries are. Because so often we end up like denying our own desires or denying our own needs or denying our own whatever it is in order to seem more likable or acceptable to other people. But the fact of the matter is, is you're not gonna like that. That's not your purpose in life, right? You're not going to fill out, fill out your purpose if you're too busy worrying about people pleasing or seeming like you're perfect or seeming like you have it all together, right? Like it's really like you can't honor others if you don't first honor yourself, right? It's a reflection. So, and of course, in doing that, you honor God by honoring that like as his creation, right? So that's definitely a really important step. And then the third step it's, it seems a little bit vague because it's very different for each person. So this is really where the journal can be super helpful. And also just having that additional support of having, having a friend or a coach or someone to really help you get specific in what this step looks like. So it's taking radical action. And that means embodying the person that you want to be. So really deciding how would the best version of myself show up? What actions would she take? How would she speak to people? Um, what decisions would she make in her life and in her business? How would she treat people? Just really understanding and being really specific about what those steps look like and then making the intention and committing to doing those things now. So like having that whole process, transforming your mind, finding your voice and taking that radical action is really the most holistic approach that I have found in terms of really conquering those self-sabotaging patterns permanently rather than just trying to will your way through it or to find more self-discipline or to just pray it away or whatever it is right because those things only address the symptoms of what's actually going on here they don't really take a holistic view of what's going on at like a mindset level at a soul level or at a heart level mm-hmm. that's where I see especially in Christianity, you just, you just hit it on the head. It's like, often we have this tendency to say, well, we're just going to pray about it and God's going to take it away. But, you know, God created us as humans. You know, he created us like with all of our feelings, with all our emotions, with all of our history. And we're able to, you know, capture those thoughts and deal with things. It's not you know, some, of course there's supernatural ways where we can pray away. I've heard, you know, of addictions, you know, being healed and, and I'm not at all saying like, that's not possible, but absolutely. Like, I think that that's maybe where, um, where Christianity is a bit weaker in when you're looking into the, um, esoteric and new age side of things where they're more like in tune, I guess you could say with the whole person. And I think that's where in Christianity, we're at least in church that I grew up in. I'm not saying that now I know a lot of people who are um, more holistic in, in their, in their understanding of the human and of the individual and understanding the story and including God and the story and transforming that. Um, But I think often we have this, this belief as Christians that we can just 
we'll just pray about it and, and it's good, right? There's no discipline. There's no journey of our character. And that's exactly what a disciple is. Disciple is this journey of transformation. Yeah, exactly. And something that really appealed to me about the whole like that spiritual movement was the sense of like really radical self-responsibility and not outsourcing your own growth or your own development onto other people or and something that is very prominent I find in Christianity is this idea that you can be passive and still like grow as a person or Mm -hmm. still get what you want or still achieve x y and z because you have god on your side so you don't need to do anything and that whole way of thinking is just so toxic and i definitely like i understand where just pray it away like it's because you don't want to take things into your own hands in the sense that you're leaving god completely out of the equation right because for example if you go to therapy but you don't bring god with you to therapy then it's just you're completely leaving him out of the equation and you're thinking that you're using therapy basically as a replacement for God, which is obviously not a good thing. Um, and it's the same thing with like your own your own personal development or um, your own like your own spiritual development or your, your own like mental health, right? You can almost idolize it mm-hmm. in a way that you're using that to replace God rather than bringing God into the equation and saying, I'm doing this work because I am a steward of this mind, of this heart that you've given me. And it's my job to turn it into the best thing that I can do or turn it into the best thing that I can so that it accurately reflects and glorifies you, right? So it's just, it's just like a small shift in uh, positioning, I guess, is you don't want to use it as a replacement for God, but at the same time, you don't want to deny it altogether because God can only, can only act when you give him space to move and you, he doesn't have space to move. If you're, if you're just sitting there like, all right, go for it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, all right, I'm just going to be here. Come find me when you're done. I'll, you know, I'll be waiting. Like, you know, like there is waiting on the Lord and there's just using that as an excuse to not do any sort of work. And it's all about just having that balance. Yeah, that leads me to the next question. I mean, we're talking a lot about inner transformation and we there's a lot of stuff on self-help and self-realization and um, becoming a better you. Um, so my question is, where in this transformation process, where do you see, I'm dropping stuff here, where do you see Jesus as we work on ourselves? Like where, I think you, you've hinted, alluded to a few things there, but um, yeah, maybe you can, you can, talk more on that yeah it's just really the biggest thing is to let him guide you and to just bring him along that journey right because it's really easy to get caught in the space of either oh I don't need him to help me with this or even he doesn't want to help me with this it's really easy to get caught in, in that mindset or even what I've experienced a couple of times is even just like I need to do this so that he will want me almost like it's almost like you feel like you have to prove your worth by doing this inner work not realizing that he is there with you to help you with it like the inner work's not possible without him right at least not at the level that like you can do 
all sorts of work, right? It's the same as like, you can eat healthy, you can go to the gym, you can take some antibiotics, you can take some supplements and you'll, you'll have a really healthy body and God, quote, you know, won't seem like he has anything to do with it. But you really won't be as healthy, like holistically, like you won't be, you won't have that wholeness and that vitality to you if he's not along with you on the journey, right? Like you're only getting bits and pieces when you try and do it without him along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So the key here really is not to use it as a replacement for him or to use him as a replacement for that, right? It's not like an either or situation, which I feel like a lot of Christians see it as, especially the whole like pray it away culture or even like, even like our parents' generation or the generation before that, like the whole like self-development movement wasn't really a thing. Like all they had was, I'm going to pray about it and see what happens. They didn't have the additional resources that we have available to us now. And so they don't know how to teach us how to have that balance between, you know, changing your mindset and changing your thoughts and all of these versus reading the Bible and praying and leaning on God, right? Like there's such a fine balance between those two things, between taking responsibility for your actions on earth and, you know, maintaining that spiritual connection with God, right? It's something that we're really figuring out for ourselves, like within the past, like tw 10, 20, 30 years, maybe like it's all it, like, it, it's a very new environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's always been kind of a dichotomy as well between, you know, this, the spiritual you know, we're, we're praying about things and then, you know, the physical me, my body, what I think and what I do, it's always kind of been this like separation, right? At least, okay, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong and people can disagree with me, but that's kind of how I perceive this, this, this change and the shift is like those, those places, those two separations are kind of coming together. Um, and that's where we're, we're wrestling now in, in our faith is like, okay, how does this look? How do we, how do we take the good? Not, we're not taking like, you know, good vibrations and manifesting stuff, but surely God has laws in place that help us re renew our thinking that help us um, have, you know, a happier, more joy-filled life because of our gratitude and, and those things. So I think, yeah. Yeah. We're figuring that out. Verse, yeah. This verse that I really lean on a lot with my coaching is Romans 12 two, which is uh, like something along the lines of like, do not rely on your understanding of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may uh, test and understand what his good, pleasing and perfect will is. So I, I completely butchered that, but like, but you know what I'm talking about? So it's basically like, you know, do not, you know, don't lean on how the world understands this whole process to look like this whole like self-development mindset work, like all of this, right? There's the world's understanding of it. And then there's our understanding of it and our, um, our knowledge, like that God is the one who really does that work, right? It's not like we just, we, just, we provide the opportunity for him to move through our actions, mm -hmm. right? It's not about doing it for him. It's almost like it's almost like you're co-creating this transformation with him. And only in that way can you really fully fulfill the purpose that he has destined for you. And that's that verse has just really been like the cornerstone of my whole my my whole my whole coaching practice. 
Absolutely. It's, it's really interesting because I think, um, I don't know about you, but I know when I first jumped into like this whole business world, my first thought wasn't that I need to develop myself or grow in my faith or develop spiritually. It was like, I want to earn money. And this is really cool. I could like, I could help people and, and earn money. And so what a great opportunity I could be at home. And, you know, those were like my first thoughts. And I think most entrepreneurs probably jump into this game thinking like, ah, oh, it's money it's separate. Like it's kind of like separate from that, like mm-hmm. me, but the more you get into it, the more you realize one, it's a calling. I think like, you know, you are called to be a co-creator. You're called to be an entrepreneur. You are called to be um, someone who, who serves. Right. And, and two, it's, there's, it's like a whole character school. It's like, it brings up all of these insecurities and fears, and you don't even realize that when you're going into it. So um, I'm wondering, and we're coming to the end of our time now, unfortunately, but um, I'm wondering why you would say that um, it's important to start, I kind of alluded to it, but like, why is it important to start with your, yourself and your thoughts? in this journey of entrepreneurship? So anyone who's done entrepreneurship for like more than five minutes is going to tell you that it is the biggest crash course in self-development you will ever take. Like literally like month to month, I look back on who I was and I'm like, oh my goodness, I was a literal infant in terms of like how fast you grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and how much you get to know who you really are and what you're capable of it's just insane like I have like there's so like it wasn't until I became an entrepreneur that I realized how much entrepreneurs go through their ringer and they do it willingly because they know that that's the only way that they can grow and become the person that they're meant to be right not everyone does this from like a Christian perspective obviously but just coming at it with that perspective of like this is what's this is what god called me to do like god god didn't call me to be a cashier for 20 years right like i mean for some people there's something that aligns with that purpose that can be absolutely beautiful but if you don't feel like that's your purpose obviously right like you could feel that he's called you to do something bigger and whether this means becoming a coach part-time or whether whether this means selling courses while you raise your kids or whether this means like becoming like a seven-figure tycoon right it's, it's gonna look different for each person but when you really start with who like getting to know you and what you desire and of course not everyone has this luxury but not using your business as a means to make money or as a means to you know find that fulfillment right when you use it just as like approaching it from a sense of like curiosity and like uncovering uncovering your purpose rather than constantly trying to seek it out that small shift in perspective can really help you to find alignment with what you want and what God wants for you that much quicker because I'm I'm a firm believer that your purpose is more often than not going to align with what you already desire and the key there is figuring out, okay, like, what do I actually desire versus what do I think I desire, right? And that's like a whole another level that I won't, that I won't, won't get into right now. But like having that clarity around what it is that you really truly desire, like what your heart is telling you to do, 
regardless of how impossible it seems or how difficult it seems or how pointless it seems or how unrealistic it seems. Have, like, the only way you can have the confidence to actually go out and do that thing is to know yourself and to become the person who does that thing with ease and with confidence. And you can't do that unless you start off with thinking differently, approaching things differently, being creative, like really expanding your horizons as much as you possibly can and experimenting and taking risks and just following your gut basically and trusting that that's the way that God is intending for you to go. And of course, you're going to mess up a couple of times. You're going to do things that are not aligned. You're going to, you know, God's going to have to be like, no, no, like come back this way. Like it's not time for you to do drop shipping. Get back, you know, come, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like it's very, cause it's very easy to get overwhelmed with all of, all of the, in, all of the possibility. Cause quite literally there's no ceiling. There's no limits to what you can accomplish as an entrepreneur. If, if you're, if you're dedicated, but it's just a matter of having that clarity of what where to align yourself that re that really makes the difference. As you've been sharing this, I just had the thought you you shared right at the beginning how that was like that was liberating for you to like to be in alignment to pivot into um like you said that alignment that like calling that purpose and I just had the thought of like releasing the captives like setting the captives free when we look in the old testament and God is like this is what I want. And I wonder how often do do we somehow like you know, we're, we're stuck in someone else's shoes and maybe that's not like a bondage, like, you know, in a jail and we're not slaves physically, obviously, but in a way we're in bondage to whatever the, the spirit of the world is, or whatever we've learned in a school system that has made us think and come out in a certain way. And in, in this respect, and you know, how you're talking about going back to like our, our, our heart's purpose and desire, how God has created us it's like you're liberating, you know, a captive. And that's, that's really fantastic to, to hear about it in that, in that way. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like so often we just end up, it's like a combination of the influence of the world versus like, of course, you always have the enemy who's like trying to keep you separate and trying to keep you confused and trying to keep you feeling, yeah. feeling worthless and fearful and small and broken so that you won't go for this thing. Right. Like, I read in a book recently and it said like if you're not sure what your calling is if you feel like you're destined for something but you don't know what it is take a look at yourself and see where you've been wounded like where do you feel like where have you been attacked spiritually in your life and you know like usually it's the same like things that have been recurring in your life since childhood mm -hmm. and when you look back on those things that made you feel like you don't deserve to do this thing or that when you do this thing, this thing happens, like what kind of patterns and like um, what kind of stories have you agreed to in your life that create these patterns that have been basically like um, wired into your adult brain. And that's, that's, that's what makes them so hard to get out of and that's really where the power of the holy spirit is so important because you can try so hard to unglue yourself from the influence of the world and from the wounds that have been that that have been inflicted on you and you can it might take you a long time or it might be really difficult or you might have to you know take a lot of wrong turns and come across a lot of really harmful 
things in that process or you can lean on the holy spirit and have him have him show you what needs to be worked on and where you need to expand and what needs to be uncovered or what needs to be healed first and just having him guide that whole like inner work process is so important absolutely wow um i don't know if you guys got that but danica um danica she shared with us that she is giving away a self-elevation journal. It's printable. You can go on to our show notes on the risenentrepreneur.com in the show notes, and you are going to get the link to your free um, self-elevation journal, which can help you just start the process already by yourself. Um, but I would highly, highly encourage you to find someone else to go through this with, because we can only do so much alone. Right. And if that's one thing that I have experienced in my business, it's like investing into coach, some sort of coaching, something where you are talking with a person where you are, have this relationship is going to grow you like a million fold. Yeah. Even, even going through it with a friend is going to be eons more helpful than just, than just going through it by yourself. Like whatever kind of accountability you can give yourself is going to, it's going to make a night and day difference. Absolutely. So before we end, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I think, we've, I think we've pretty much nailed it. Like I, I, I tend to ramble quite a bit. So I think, I think I definitely have said everything that's on my mind uh, for now. Like, do you have any more questions for me, like about my process or anything like that, that you think could maybe provide a bit more like, or that you think might be able to uncover it a bit more for anyone who's listening? No, I think we are good for now. We're, we're coming to the end of our time. So I only have a couple questions for you, which might uncover a little bit more of you. All right. Danica a bit more. Um, and so a couple of them are what, well, let's start off with the, the one. Um, what is the most transformational book that you've read? Maybe in the last hmm. year? Um. I'd say the one that sticks out the most was Waking the Dead by John Eldridge. Okay. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, he definitely has a lot of hot takes that I think have landed him in some hot water from a lot of the like Christian community. But that book, you think it's going to, because, okay, so like the whole premise of the book is like living life to the fullest, uncovering your true self, you know, being confident in yourself, being happy. And you're like, oh, this book is going to be great. There's like a nice, like, you know, cup of coffee on the cover. Like, oh, it's going to be great. Like this book is going to be so good. You open it up and it's literally like a spiritual warfare manual. Like it is like, but it's from this, it's from like a perspective that I've never heard of before. Like it is just an absolutely phenomenal book. It's a real it's not a super difficult read, but it can get really intense, but it's definitely like, if, like if I could give this book to every person in my life, I definitely would. Like, it's just, it's really amazing. Buy up a few and then you can give it away to yeah. people. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> or your coaching clients. This is the man. There we go. Before we go in. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what podcasts are you listening to right now? Or if you are. Um, I'll be quite honest, I don't actually listen to a whole lot of podcasts, but I was just talking to a friend and she recommended a podcast to me that she said I should listen to. And she she, she said that I would love it. And I'm, I don't listen to 
a whole lot of podcasts. So that's got to be saying something. So it's got to be really good. I haven't actually tried it out yet, but the one that she, the one that she recommended to me was called Journey Woman. I don't remember who it's by, but it's apparently amazing. So you guys should check it out. All right. Journey Woman. And what is a great setting that you're most creative and productive in? Um, I love just like being like outdoors and like walking through the woods, you know, like if I could have like an indoor office or like if I could have like an office that was also a sunroom that was also in the middle of the woods, that would be like my, my like ideal, like productive working situation. That'd be cool. <laughs> I think I yeah. remember like going into this thinking, I'm like, oh, I have to work on my computer all the time, but I want to be outside. It's so nice to be outside. So kind of need like the best of both worlds, like an outside mm-hmm. office. Yeah. Well, it's like cats. living in Canada. It's like, you can park outside four months, like three to four months out of the year, maybe, (laughs) right? So the rest of the time, you're just kind of like looking out the window, wishing you were outside, but it's very cold out. So you can't really, but I'm always jealous of people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all of the like neighborhood wildlife going in front of my office window. That's pretty much all I get for nine months out of the year. (laughs) That's very lovely. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Danica, thank you so much for hopping on here and sharing your wisdom and your story and the transformation um, and giving us a little taster of the transformation you're offering others. It's been great. I had a ton of fun. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. And make sure everyone that you go to the risenentrepreneur.com forward slash podcast, you're going to get the show notes there and the journal that Danica has made for us all. Um, and any other help that you might need, our resources are all there for you. Um, have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And remember rise up entrepreneur because you are called to create. 